good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Well, happy Merry Christmas Eve morning. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're going to have a slightly different service today than what we usually have on Sunday morning. It's going to be a contemplative, meditative type service as we engage in the true meaning of Christmas today. But if we all have, have all still know we have everything set up for this evening for tonight's candle lighting service. So just to remind you to come back. It starts officially at 5 o'clock, but for those who like to do caroling, come at 445 because we want to sing our hearts out before we begin the actual service at 5 o'clock. So at 445, just come by. If you like to sing the carols, uh, we'll have a whole group of people in here. Uh, that includes you to sing the, the Christmas carols before we start out. Now, Christians have attached the celebration of lights to the birth of the one known as Jesus, but we know that this celebration is a worldwide, religion-wide practice. In unity, we celebrate the coming of the Christ light, the Christ consciousness. The importance of this cannot be overstated. The message, the energy of Jesus was that of Christ consciousness, the light within, and it is for all of us. He taught that every one of us has the same potential that he demonstrated throughout his life. Jesus opened the way for all of humanity to seek this higher, higher way of being. This means that the life and teachings of Jesus are more than just stories. The process, Jesus, the process of Jesus becoming Christ is a mirror to all of us. His story represents the spiritual journey that each and every one of us walks through. Today, we offer ideas from the life of Jesus that we hope will give insight as to how this process of becoming can unfold. So we will explore the virgin birth, born of the God idea, awakening to spirit, spiritual formation, the lost years, and transcending egoic consciousness. Well, we want to maintain the flow of the meditative experience this morning, so we're going to do our offertory at the top of the service this morning. And so I invite you to simply take out your gift or offering and just symbolically, you know, raise it to the heavens and know that heaven is ever-expanding good. And we take in the principle that whenever we give out something, whatever it may be, it could be our time, our talent, our resources, that we're in a flow of a principle that says that whenever we give something, something comes back to us of like kind. And it may come back to us in ways we never imagined and from directions we never thought of. So with that awareness, we together, let's affirm our offertory blessing together. We see it on the screen. Divine love uh, as, as me blesses, blesses and multiplies all that I am all that I have, and all that I circulate. Thank you, God.
begins like this. A child is born of a virgin and accompanied by a star in the east that was followed by several important men. They followed to a location of the newborn. The child later was revealed to be a prodigy. Then later a teacher had 12 followers traveled across the land to the amazement of his observers, performed supernatural feats. He was labeled as the truth, the light, or the anointed one. He later was betrayed by one of his followers, crucified, buried for three days, and then resurrected. Now, most people recognize that story as that of the life of Jesus the Christ. Yet that same tale was told in the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which was written around 1300 BC, meaning it existed over 1,000 years before Jesus allegedly walked the earth. Some religious scholars and historians contend that the followers of Jesus sought to make him separate and apart from the rest of humanity, took that historical myth to elevate his stature, in fact, Gerald Massey, an Egyptologist who studied the similarities between the ancient Egyptian mythology and the gospel stories, noted in his 1883 book, Historical Jesus, Mythical Christ, Christianity was neither original nor unique, but that the roots of much of the Judeo-Christian tradition lay in the prevailing Kamaic or ancient culture of the religion we are faced with the inescapable realization that if Jesus, Jesus had been able to read the documents of old Egypt, he would have been amazed to find his own biography already substantially written some thousands of years previously. Mythologist Joseph Campbell, author of The Power of Myth, noted that the question is not, did all these things really happen? But what do the images mean? Every God, every mythology, every religion is true in this sense. It is true as metaphorical of the human and cosmic mystery. In the Christmas story, one such metaphor is the virgin birth. It has great metaphysical significance. Mary represents being pure in heart and mind. So Jesus representation of a divine idea was born to the one whose mind and heart was pure and uncorrupted by prevailing thought forms of the day. If we are to fulfill our spiritual potential, we must live by and be guided by divine ideas. God only thinks in terms of divine ideas and spiritual solutions. They are expressions of the Christ consciousness. The Christ consciousness can only be achieved or birthed when one meditates with a pure or virgin mind and heart. As it says in Matthew, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We become those pure in heart through our prayer work, our meditation, and our spiritual practices. 
And with this pure or virgin mind, we capture God's idea for our life and for our world. Each of us are pure ideas in the mind of God. And as we live that truth, we birth divine ideas. And healings happen. Upliftment happens. Transformation happens as we capture and are captured by these divine and perfect spiritual ideas. So at right this time, let us embody the essence of the Christmas story and the virgin birth in this meditative time. As we turn within, know that we are divine ideas in the mind and heart of pure spirit. I feel infinite love and divine ideas sustaining me. When we are in tune with this truth, health and healing, divine solutions, spiritual plenitude and abundance, right relationships, divine and compelling right action are the order of our day and in our world. So let us enter our time of silence knowing this truth as we quietly affirm in our own minds these words. I am a pure idea in the mind of God. Divine solutions expressed through and as me. pure idea in the mind of God. Define solutions expressed through and as me. I am a pure idea in the mind of God. Divine solutions expressed through and as me.
as we are pure of heart and mind and capture these divine ideas as the activity of our awareness. Our vibration is lifted. And as we are lifted, all men and women are lifted to the same vibration. So it is. How did Jesus awaken, or did he have to? Some believe that Jesus already knew everything, that he came into this world fully aware and alert to his spiritual self. And of course, we'll never know if that was true. <clears throat> and that detail may not be all that important because he went through the steps anyway. When we look at the stories of his life, there are events that speak to watershed moments that may be called awakenings or expansions of consciousness. The only example we have from Jesus' childhood is when, he went, he, when his parents took him to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover, and when he was 12 years old they went up as usual for the festival. And when the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. <clears throat> and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother told him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching you for you in great anxiety. And he said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Now turning to my own imagination, I looked at this in two different ways. The first was that Jesus was always fully awake and simply followed Jewish tradition, which says that at the age of 12, a boy becomes spiritually accountable. And maybe he just took this opportunity to go public. But the passage also says that Jesus was asking questions and everyone was amazed that he understood what was being said. To me, this is the picture of a person who was waking up and seeking higher understanding and, and higher consciousness. Spiritually, the number 12 indicates wholeness, and in our contact, it is the first stage of spiritual maturity. It is when we understand that we must be about our Father's business. This is the stage where we begin our deep spiritual exploration. We study, listen, learn, open ourselves to spirit, our age 12 might come at any time in our lives. For many, the spiritual exploration does not start until after many, many, many life experiences. Our attention is taken up by the world, jobs, marriage, children, but the opportunity is always there for each of us. And it comes to pass that we start asking questions and the answers suddenly make sense. We are amazed. 
And the day comes when we turn away from the parental teachings and come into our own temple and make the proclamation as Jesus did, I must be about the business of spirit. And so we take this, this idea of awakening into meditation. Let's take the idea of turning our vision to, spiritual, to the spiritual path. Imagine how you can walk the path of spirit while successfully living your everyday life. Imagine that with your vision on spirit, divine energy flows into your every thought and action, making your life flow smoothly and peacefully. And let us affirm this affirmation quietly. I now step onto the path of divine spirit. I am about my mother father's business. I now step onto the path of divine spirit. I am about my father, mother's business. I now step onto the path of divine spirit. I am about my mother or father's business. And so we follow the path of Jesus as stated at the end of that passage, which said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. And so it is.
of the universe is growth. It is not static. It is continuously growing, developing, and unfolding. In the Jesus story, he did not stop growing and evolving once at age 12 he uncovered his purpose and had his spiritual awakening. The story does not address what Jesus did between ages 12 and 30. The unknown years of Jesus, also known as his silent years, lost years, or missing years, generally refers to the period between his childhood and the beginning of his ministry, a period not described in the New Testament. There is reason to believe and evidence to support that he spent that time growing spiritually. Spiritual evolution is not a destination. It is a journey. If it were just a destination, we would need just one workshop or just need to read one book or attend one seminar or class. It is a continuous process. According to some scholars and historians, between the ages 12 and 30, Jesus traveled to Egypt and went through the Great Pyramid initiation. The same initiation that Moses went through to become a high priest wizard. And part of his initiation, he went through the death process as well as studied the esoteric Egyptian mysteries. Then there is the accumulation of evidence that Jesus spent part of his life in India and studied under the tutelage of spiritually advanced monks. Which part and how long or even if it ever even happened is much debated. But one thing appears clear from the stories we do know about Jesus. He remained open, inquisitive, and constantly asked questions. He never stopped growing spiritually. In our own life, development of our spiritual consciousness is a continuous process. Often triggered by an event in our lives, come and deal with our healing. Maybe one event, relationship, prosperity, peace of mind, tragedy, or loss in our life. But all of this, I believe, is just a trick to get us to grow spiritually because we discover that it's all about experience, expanding our spiritual consciousness and awareness. And this expansion and consciousness is eventual. So we stay prayed up. We commune with the presence through meditation. We re-examine and transform our stories. We forgive, we stretch beyond our self-imposed limitations so we realize we are infinite beings. So when the challenges come, and they do, we can negotiate life from a higher point of view. So we never stop affirming. We never stop meditating, never stop engaging in self-reflection because no matter how far we have come, there is something telling us in a feeling, if not in words, there is more. There is more in you and us. To do more, to be more, and express more of the Christ presence within us. So let us take that idea into our meditative experience. Like the universe, we are here to continuously evolve knowing that it is a journey and not a destination. Take time to go to the secret place knowing that the quiet radiance of my inner light shines like the North Star in the still night sky. I center myself in divine light, giving thanks for this constant source of wisdom and guidance. I rely on this light of understanding and intuition to guide my thoughts, words, and actions.
in the stillness of prayer. I reflect on my inner light, knowing that I am one with the divine power of understanding. Let's take those words into the silence after we affirm these words in our own minds and hearts. God is not done with me yet. I'm here to grow, develop, and reveal my best self. God is not done with me yet. I'm here to grow, develop, and reveal my best self. God is not done with me yet. I'm here to grow, develop, and reveal my best self. Through his example, Jesus reminded us that we are never finished. We're never finished when it comes to our spiritual growth and development. No matter where we are on our spiritual path, there is always more of what we are waiting to be revealed and to express. So it is.
After Jesus returned from his years abroad, he went to John the baptizer, thereby making an even deeper commitment to God. And almost immediately, Jesus's commitment was tested. The book, Aramaic Light on the Gospel of Matthew, gives, you, gives us this interpretation of the event. After the baptism, an inner spiritual powerful impulse guided Jesus into the desert. Here he met the devil who offered up three temptations. Now, one definition of temptation is to test or try something out. The idea of the devil might be the internal adversary. Jesus in the desert is really an internal battle inter externalized as the adversary in the three trials. He was coming into his power, and he had to discover how to use his power. So, turning uh, stones into bread. What a miracle Jesus could bring if he turned stones into bread. No one would go hungry, and he could prove himself as a prophet by doing greater miracles than those who came before him. It would also give him an opportunity to gain material wealth through the use of spiritual power if he centered his whole attention on material supply. But he knew that would not change the consciousness of people, and so that would defeat the purpose of his spiritual ministry. Another way to make a big splash would be to jump from a high pinnacle in front of a huge crowd. Angels would keep him from any sort of injury, but Jesus realized that that was not his place, it was not his place to test God he would not purposefully put himself in danger and expect God to save him. Worshiping the devil. Now here, the devil can be interpreted as the ego or personality which one could worship. And certainly Jesus rose above that. But there's also another meaning. From this high point, Jesus saw that he could work with the high priest. He could work things out with them. You know, he could just work it out with all the people in power. But he saw that he would have to be loyal to them. Jesus' path was different. His path and infinite understanding were very different from those in power. In fact, his path was contrary to their materialistic and political concepts. Jesus had the understanding that people were to serve and worship only God. Jesus turned away from the easier path. It was in this moment, perhaps, that his fate was sealed. But he knew that he had to be true to who he was, to what he came to do. He came to bring the Christ presence to each one of us. Jesus' struggle with powerful negative forces was met with deep insight and singleness of mind and heart. Afterwards, his mind was clear, full of uplifting thoughts. He chose the high road, the high watch, each time. Simply put, it was a choice to honor the inner over the outer. Most of us struggle to release worldly interests. It often feels that we are called to live in two worlds, the spiritual and the material, when the truth is, is that when our consciousness expands, we can integrate the two. Releasing the egoic consciousness is not that simple. When we read the story of Jesus, we probably think it was easy for him. But if we really pay attention to that story, we can see that at every turn, Jesus was constantly running smack dab into all the everyday circumstances that we each encounter. And some of his choices brought challenges that none of us will ever encounter. Yet they were conscious choices and those choices were supported by his deep understanding and knowledge that when God, the good, is foremost, negative forces have no chance. Jesus had the inner spiritual strength, courage, and conviction to keep the high watch. That does not mean he did not have to work at it. By the gospel, by the gospel accounts, he spent a lot of time going apart to pray. And so when we, too, have to work at transcending the egoic self to connect with the inner divine spirit, the inner aspect of ourselves, we find ourselves in very good company. And as we go into taking this into meditation, 
this idea of transcending the inner adversary, turn your mind's eye toward the infinite oneness. Focus on your highest good and allow that feeling of clarity to dispel any thoughts or feelings that are counter to your highest good. Let those thoughts dissolve as we quietly affirm, I turn my vision to the highest good, to Holy Spirit. I am inspired and guided in all ways. I turn my vision to the highest good, to Holy Spirit. I am inspired and guided in all ways. I turn my vision to the highest good, to the Holy Spirit. I am inspired and guided in all ways. My thoughts and actions now come from clarity of mind and inspiration of heart. My clarity brings good into my life and I radiate that good out into the world. I am one in the Christ presence, in the love of God. And so it is.
The key to the Christmas story is not so much what may have happened over 2,000 years ago or even 3,000 years ago. Historians and theologians will have different perspectives on its history. What's most important, what does the story say about us here and now? Well, it reminds us that we are to be reminded to purify our minds and hearts through our spiritual practices so that we may capture the divine ideas of spirit. And the all-knowing spirit of the living God only thinks in these perfect ideas, and we can do the same. Secondly, of course, we have the choice of whether to follow those divine ideas or not. But in order to choose, we must be aware and awake. Without awareness or being awakened, there is no choice. The highest and best choice is to be about our Father, Mother, God's business, which is of spirit. And to help us get there, we must ask the questions that move us closer to the realization of spirit in our lives. Thirdly, we want to realize the spiritual evolution is a journey for all of us. And just as the nature of the universe is growth, our role is to continue to grow as well. Because no matter where we are, there is more of our divine potential waiting to express. Finally, when we realize who we really are, we understand we have great power. We call it the Christ presence, God within. And as the Spider-Man story reminds us, with great power comes great responsibility. And we are here to go beyond using this power for only egoic or materialist desires, but to use it for a higher purpose or a common good. One such purpose that Christmas reminds us to realize is peace on earth and goodwill toward all. As we fulfill that purpose, we anchor heaven, which is all good, on earth. And Christmas reminds us that this is our mission, should we choose to accept it. So let us be the energy we bring this Christmas, but are more importantly, every single day, of the year. And with that, if you don't mind, maybe we could all stand and do, say our prayer for protection to end our time together on this Christmas Eve. It's the words I'm affirming will come up on the screen at any moment now. <laughs> Let us say our prayer for protection. The light of God surrounds us. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds us. I am the love of God. The power of God protects us. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over us. I am the presence of God. Wherever we are, God is, I am, and all is well. Peace and blessing. Enjoy the rest of your day. Come back at Fence at 445. We're going to start singing and then enjoy our Christmas candle lighting service. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh,